You're listening to Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information. Get the Crush blogs, podcasts, and performance links at crushperformance.com. Artificial sweeteners, also called sugar substitutes, non-nutritive sweeteners, or high-intensity sweeteners, are chemically synthesized substances that are used instead of regular sugar to sweeten foods and beverages. And according to recent warnings, they are potentially dangerous to you, your family, and most certainly, your athletes. Today, the Crush War on Sugar makes a triumphant return. It's our first War on Sugar episode since we were shut down by COVID, and there is so much that has happened in that time. Today, we're joined by Crush Hall of Famer Dr. Andui Salen, the Chief of Biomedical Research at the Glycemic Research Institute, and we have some very important topics that we're going to cover today. First and foremost, artificial sweeteners. In May, the World Health Organization sent out a global warning and statement on artificial sweeteners and the dangers they pose to public health. Here's an outtake from that statement. The recommendation is based on the findings of a systematic review of the available evidence which suggests that the use of non-sugar sweeteners does not confer any long-term benefit in reducing body fat in adults or children. Results of the review also suggest that there may be potential undesirable effects from long-term use of non-sugar sweeteners such as increased risk of type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and mortality in adults. We'll discuss what this all means for you and what you can do about it. And let's talk about the non-nutritive sweeteners and why they're such a bad fit when it comes to sport performance. And just recently, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, which is the Canadian version of the U.S. FDA, banned six energy drinks, pulling them off the shelves coast to coast for labeling issues and for excessive caffeine content. Some levels were so high, they're deemed unsafe for consumption. Let's talk about the dangers of excessive caffeine consumption, and I want to set the record straight. Caffeine is not energy, so let's discuss the difference between energy and caffeine. And finally, we know that the brain and body work together in everything we do, but did you know that the brain and body connection is critical when it comes to nutrition and ultimately your performance? We'll explain so you can make the best possible decisions when it comes to your food timing and your food selections. It's the return of the crush war on sugar, and today we are in attack mode as we break down the science of sweetness. Here we go. All right, and we're joined now by Crush Hall of Famer, Dr. Andui Salen, the Chief of Biomedical Research at the Glycemic Research Institute. Doc, the science of sweetness is back, and here we go. How have you been doing? It's been a long time. I'm, yeah, I'm having loads of fun. Because the uh, you know science and the research from when we started 30 years ago, you know, we said, hey, pay attention to the glycemic index, and people are like, get out of here, we don't care about that, <laughs> right? And now, you know, fast forward, we know that the glycemic index and response and the way that the, the, the glycemic index acts, it totally controls the gut-brain axis. So don't tell me that the gut-brain axis doesn't matter. Everybody's doing gut-brain axis research. Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Cambridge. Uh, you know, Bill Gates just spent a fortune on the gut-brain axis, and guess what they've come up with? Nothing significant. 
Just, okay, this is what happens. This is how it gets screwed up. But is anybody saying, here's how you fix it? Well, that's what, you know, the whole purpose of GRI is to fix it. Yeah, right. Well, Doc, you and I have always said a couple of very, very important things. Um, one of the things that I loved since I've known you almost 20 years. So listen, isn't it kind of interesting how you develop as a professional? I was thinking about this as we were prepping for this call and, you know, I spent my entire life, you know, working in high performance sports, really trying to master human physiology. And then I knew biochemistry and, and psychology. So my, my background real is physiology and psychology, but then you get into the world and you understand that there's massive gaps in performance. And a lot of it is biochemistry. And that's where you and I, that's where our, our paths cross, like the, like the streams and Ghostbusters, you know, those proton paths, and then boom, magic oh, happens. delicious, delicious, I love those things. Yeah, but I'll I tell, want one to take home. Yeah, you know, just so I can use it occasionally. Me, me too. But when when we started, when I met you, and we started talking about the real science being behind biochemistry and human performance, listen. Things got really, really fun in my side. I have totally enjoyed following your career and everything you've done in the last 30 years, but our 20 years together have been absolutely amazing. And the stuff we're doing right now is great. And we're going to talk about a lot about th of that today. But you've always said, and we've always said this from the start, we don't make the rules. We're just learning how to play by the rules. And then... One absolutely. We don't, we don't get to change... We do not get to change evolution, okay? Right. The brain hasn't changed in 300,000 years, but now we want to say, oh, that doesn't matter. We're just going to give it some food that isn't food, and that's going to work out fine. Guess what? It don't work out fine. So the way I look at it was when I met you, it was peanut butter and jelly. Finally, <laughs> the sandwich came together. Excellent. You had your part of it, which I certainly didn't understand. Man, did you school, school me on ATP? Well, we got some juicy, juicy data. Now we've been doing, you know, ATP re research for a long time, but we've really moved in some some incredible lanes of fast forward science, and it's amazing because people are just going crazy, going, okay, well, you know, uh, it's the whole, it's all about the gut brain axis. Now that's what the game is. Well, duh. The whole globe works on the gut-brain axis. It means anything you put in your mouth. What is the gut-brain axis? It's anything that gets in your mouth, whether you spit it back out or not. As long as it hits the tongue, that's it. Game over. you got 11 seconds to change it. So with you supplying your side of it, the physiology, which we really weren't there. We were just in, you know, uh, nutritional neuroscience. Yeah. And then we, we took the peanut butter and jelly, put it together, and we went, Oh, hell yeah. Look at this. Yeah. Look at this thing, what we could do. Now we got us a sandwich. Yeah, it's amazing because when we first started talking about this, all roads kind of lead to Rome, right? It, it all came around. And I think everybody in my field, the physiology and applied physiology field, we all know the importance of mitochondria. And we got great science in mitochondria, but there was an entire missing piece. It's like a puzzle that didn't have all the pieces, but we have been working 20 years. Man, I'm so excited about where we're at. The other saying- I am too. And you know the way I look at it? You got a DeLorean, right? Yeah. You got a DeLorean sitting right there. <laughs> I love it. Okay? You got a glorious DeLorean, which you and I almost bought one because when we went to the grocery store, somebody was selling one. Yeah. And we went, oh, my God, let's buy it. Okay, that's a good idea. Anyway, that was really hysterical. We should have done that. We should um, We were going to put Back to the Future on the tag. But, okay, so there's your DeLorean, right? But there's no fuel in it. Without no fuel in the DeLorean, it may be the greatest car in the freaking world. It ain't going nowhere. Where are you going? 
Yeah. So if the human body doesn't have fuel, especially athletes, how are you supposed to perform? It's like taking the DeLorean and having no fuel in it. Well, let's just put some candy in and let's put some gummy bears in the tank. It's funny because one of your favorite movies of all time is Back to the Future. One of my oh, favorite yeah. movies of all time is Back to the Future. And they got Doc and Marty in the show. And, you know, we always joke that you're Doc and I'm kind of like Marty oh, yeah. putting this together. Oh, listen. There's no getting out. There's no getting around it. There's no getting around it. We're not. We're, the next dog I get is going to be called Einstein. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. But the parallels. You and I always. Look, joke. You know what? They understood what they were doing when Doc built the colored logs and put them in the. It, my God. Exactly. That's like Einstein, quantum mechanics. They knew. He knew exactly what he was doing. That is called time release energy, right? In yeah. the train. Yeah. Well, now we take, need to take that and move it on to the human plane, the human body, the gut-brain axis. The no fuel, no action, no ATP, no performance. Oh, I love that. And the parallels between that movie and our our journey through this, it is absolutely uncanny. One other setting. Yeah, it's, it's scaring the shit out of me, especially that clock tower thing, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my God, because they, they, you know, they, they took that from Einstein's you know, E equals MC squared because he used to drive, his train used to go past this big clock tower all the time get, going to the patent office and then he would say, wait a minute, at the speed the train is moving, is that well, could that ever in some way affect the time? Right. And so they put that, that clock into Back to the Future movie. Yeah, interesting. And I love that. There's just so many cool things. And one other thing that you say all the time that I just love is, in God we trust, all others must show data. And That's up on our wall. Christ, you make research into you. I swear to God, you should see him. Honest to God, Crusher. They look at that, and then they look at me. Right. And they go, okay, is she just crazy, or does that actually make sense? Yeah. Well, you know. They go, well, um, what does that mean? I go, just what it says. Right. Just what it says. Yeah. If the universe ain't going along with it, I'm not going along with it. Yeah. Well, Doc, you've been coming on the show for years and everybody goes, hey, why is Dr. Allen the only person you talk to when it comes to nutritional science and human biochemistry? And I simply say because we like to get to the bottom of it. And we work with a lot of great people in that area. But when it comes to cutting edge, in 1983, you were 20 years ahead. I would say with the work that you've done and the work that we're doing, we're 25, 30 years still ahead today. And yes, and I'm loving it so much. And you yeah. know what you, you and I used to say to each other when we'd go on stage together, which was a hoot. You can just imagine. So all of your listeners on the radio show should know that whatever we're saying now and crazy stuff. Oh, yeah, we get on a stage and say it to, to hundreds of thousands of people. OK, yeah. uh, we just get on the stage and we just let it rip. And they're like laughing hysterically because we like to have fun, too. But they, they'll say, oh, my God, did you hear what they just said? Well, yeah, because we're going to tell it like this. And we used to say, you know, we get out on the stage, we say, we are here to eradicate the rapid spread of high-tech ignorance. <laughs> I love it. And I know, and they go, um, what? Yeah. I thought this was a lecture. And <laughs> it is a lecture. And honestly, Doc, that is a great segue for today or a great theme for today's show because that's exactly what it's all about. I can go back 10 years ago and get sound bites of you and I talking about the downside of artificial sweeteners. Well, fast forward oh, to 2023. Yeah. The WHO, the World Health Organization, in, um, in um, May of this year, launched a global warning outlining yep. their concern 
for weight control and newly released guidelines for the use of artificial sweeteners. Here's what they said oh, yeah, in their have, release. They have, slammed, yeah. they have slammed the ham on sucralose and artificial sweeteners, and we'll talk about that. Why? Yeah, we were talking about this 10 years ago, and I'm saying, okay, if you're going to drink a sports drink, don't you need to know that that sports drink is going to do something? Otherwise, well, why are you drinking it? Yeah. What's the metabolic outcome? Why are you drinking a drink that you don't even know what it's going to do to your body? Why? What? That Does that make any sense? It is now, I believe, the responsibility of every manufacturer to inform the client, which we people who buy sports drinks specifically, mm-hmm. on what's the metabolic response. Yeah. What's it going to do? Is it going to do nothing? Is there fake fuel? Is there no fuel? Right now, we're specializing at GRI in non-artificial intelligence. Not artificial intelligence, but NAI, non-artificial intelligence in sports drinks. I love it. And hey, everybody, if you want to go check out that information, go to glycemic.com. That's the uh, homepage for Glycemic Research Institute. Doc, so much great information on there. But in, hey, listen, just in terms of that, the WHO's um, uh, um, a memo that came out, their warning. This is what they said. The recommendation is based on the findings of a systematic review of the available evidence, which suggests that the use of non-sugar sweeteners does not confer any long-term benefit in reducing body fat in adults or children. Furthermore, the results of the review also suggest that there may be potential undesirable effects from long-term use of non-sugar sweeteners, such as increased of type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and the mortality rate of adults. This has been echoed time and time again, the Mayo Clinic, uh, National Institutes of Health, Harvard, and Doc, you referenced something in one of our conversations from 2019 in the Journal of Obesity uh, that was very similar to this. Just powerful stuff, but it's only coming to the surface now, and I'm glad. So- you got that right. Well, Jira just put out a newsletter, yeah. okay? A breaking news from the World Health Organization. World Health Organization advised against the use of artificial sweeteners. So, okay, great. Oh, my God. It's about time. Um, and we can talk about you know, we've been studying now artificial sweeteners, which we're calling fake fuel. There's rogue fuel, there's fake fuel, and there's real fuel. And rogue fuel would be glycoside, stevia, monk fruit, whatever. As you know, I was the first scientist to bring monk fruit into the United States, and they've done the longest amount of clinical trials on glycoside. We now have a whole glycoside department in glycemic, okay? Right. Because the glycosides, again, they don't have any set pathway. They don't know where they're going or what they're doing. The brain doesn't know what the hell that is. But so, like, fake fuel is artificial sweetener, okay? All artificials or NAIs, or, but they're, they're really fake fuel, like a neutrino, okay? So neutrinos come from the sun. They go through your body all day long. We don't even know why the hell they're doing it. God knows what. It came from the Big Bang. But a neutrino, uh, you know, in, in the world of quantum physics is you can't see it, but it's there, Okay, artificial sweeteners are sweet, but there's nothing there. Right. So that's a neutrino to me, right? And but now, okay, it used to be that it was neutral. It's not going to do anything. But now we know that's not the case, and that's because of the gut-brain axis, especially the microbiomes, which are really pissed off about artificial sweeteners. And if you really want your body to take a path down the hell road, you'll piss off the microbiomes and the gut-brain axis. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, all over the news, it's come out, you know, the six dangers of fake sugar and artificial yeah. sweeteners and other substitutes, the dangers of artificial sweeteners. This is just right. a warning shot across the bow. And it's interesting oh, to yeah. see, like, if you go to the movies now and you go to buy a soft drink, it'll say, hey, this soft drink now with real sugar, now with real sugar. So uh, there's yeah. a massive yeah. transfer transformation yeah. coming on here. I know. And, 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 and okay, what, what are your choices? Let's look at your choices now. Um, the World Health Organization stated, based on their scientific evidence, artificial sweeteners do not help control obesity or body mass. Well, what the hell? Right. Why are we using them? And then they go, okay, well, let's use real sugars. Okay, so let's go back to the list of what's sweet. You got your fake fuel, which is artificial sweeteners, neutrinos, okay? Mm -hmm. Then you got your rogue fuel. Which is glycoside, stevia, and monkweed. They don't know where the hell to go, know what to do. But we'll discuss that because you can give them a pathway. Okay, they're great. You just have to tell them where to go. You think the brain knows what the hell that is? It's a fruit. No, it's not a fruit. Yeah. It's an isolated rubidioside or glycoside from the stevial plant or monk fruit. So don't even. I've been doing that research for thirty years. Don't even start up on that crap, right? And then you've got real fuel, and that is fuel that turns into energy and ATP, which is what the you think you're. You think that DeLorean could run on no fuel? Okay, let's put some artificial sweeteners and then some glycoside, severe or, or monk fruit or any any of those. Okay, liquors like glycoside are now illegal. But okay, and go. Okay, we got the DeLorean with no fuel. What the hell are you talking about? How do you expect? Even if you're not an athlete, okay. Here, here's the bottom line. You can change the software. That's what you put in your mouth, okay? Right. But you can't change the hardware, which is the brain and the gut-brain axis, which has been around for a long time. As I said, the brain hasn't changed in 300,000 years, and it doesn't know what the hell an artificial sweetener is or an isolated rubidioside and a glycoside. You have to tell it where to go. You have to give it a direction or there's going to be chaos and hell to pay. Yeah, Doc, it takes me back to 2010 when Sharon Fowler and her group at the University of Texas launched their yeah. or released their data on the Brilliant. largest Brilliant. the largest long-term research project or research study on uh, adult obesity. 18 to 64, I think, was there. But they, they analyzed everything and they narrowed it down, narrowed it down, narrowed it down, narrowed it down to soft drinks being the number one culprit. And within that soft drinks, diet sodas were more responsible for fat storage or more associated with obesity than non-diet sodas. And then here and we if you'll remember, I did a four-hour live podcast on Clear Channel yep. with my research partners of five years with NIH, Johns Hopkins, and Dr. Randall Maxey, who's the president of the National Medical Association. We all got on a podcast, okay, um, for four hours on Clear Channel and said, hey, guess what we just found out in clinical trials that a... Diet soda is more fattening than a regular soda because it stimulates insulin in the gut-brain axis. Insulin is what high insulin is what causes type 2 diabetes, which is caused by stimulating insulin. Now, you can put something in your mouth that's not a fuel, not a fuel. It has no calories, no carbs, and it's going to stimulate. It's going to be insulinogenic, which causes type 2 diabetes and Alzheimer's. So artificial, non-fuel, non-metabolic sweeteners have been conclusively correlated with negative gut microbiomes. Sure. Oh, my God. They cause microbiome alterations, 
which are directly linked to insulin resistance, which is the key factor in the pathogenesis of type 2 bodies and our Alzheimer's. Now we're not joking around. We're talking about diabetes and Alzheimer's and artificial sweeteners and screwing up the microbiome. It's a nightmare of recrimination. Yeah, this is real, real stuff. We're talking with Dr. Andrew Allen, the chief of biomedical research at the Glycemic Research Institute. You can go to glycemic.com to check out their great information. Doc, it's amazing to me that we knew this. We knew that our group knew this. We were screaming it from the mountaintops. And here we are almost, you know, what, seven, eight, ten years later. And now the officials, the officials, the World Health Organization, Harvard, the FDA, National Institutes of Health are now joining us on those mountaintops. Isn't that incredible how it just takes so yeah, well, much God, time? Okay, thank Amen. God. It's like, you Amen. know, I really want, I really, the naughty side of me wants to get up on stage and go, I told you this 20 <laughs> years ago. But okay, they're not going to like that, right? right. No. Agreed. So I just have to move, you know, fast forward and go, okay, they finally got, got you know, got up to speed. Uh, which I love. I'm so happy because I'm getting to do nah, 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 as you are. Yeah. But again, well, you know, we're talking about, okay, let's talk about all the problems. I don't give a crap about that. Let's talk about a solution. Amen, now, sister. Let's look at that microbiome problem with artificial sweeteners, okay? Yeah. All, all, all glycosides, which I've studied for 30 freaking years, okay? And we have a glycoside department at Glycemic. We're now doing massive glycoside uh, research, which we already have, okay? Those glycosides that come out of stevia or monk fruit, they don't have any negative impact on or function of the gut microbiome, whereas artificial sweeteners do. So look at it this way. This is how crazy it is. Um, those glycosides don't have NAD. They don't create ATP. Um, and they did a study showing sucralose does not create ATP. As some people have said, it does. Oh, uh, no, it doesn't. Anyway, um, so we're saying, okay, wait. Malcrude and stevia and their glycosidic compounds, okay, uh, like rubidicide A and M, they don't, you know, they're not there to create energy. They, they taste sweet, but they don't have any negative impact on the function of the gut microbiome and on the gut brain axis. But the problem is, once they get in there, they're, they're a car without fuel. They get into the brain, and the brain goes, I don't know who the hell you are. Who do you think you are? Get out. Um, because there's no fuel for the brain and the gut-brain axis. If something goes in your mouth and there's no fuel, there's going to be hell to pay because the brain is a greedy little pig and the brain has to eat first. People always think that the gut-brain axis, okay, which you can, you can describe upstream, downstream. If you think that you're talking to the stomach, you're not talking to the stomach. There's some neurons in there that give the information back to the hypothalamus of we're hungry, we're little, we're three-year-old babies. We want a damn cookie. We want feed me, but they don't make the decisions. The brain makes the decisions all the way from the brainstem on up. So the hypothalamus can figure out from what's on your tongue if it's real fuel or fake fuel, and it goes into an absolute furious. I'm practically, I'm going to kill you if you put this horrible stuff in my body because there's no fuel, and then there's hell to pay. But you can take those very valuable. Um, non-dysfunctional gut mi microbiome glycosides and you can give them a metabolic pathway to follow. But if you don't tell them what group pathway to take, they're going to take a rogue pathway and that's why they're rogues. Gotcha. Like glycosides are rogues. 
Right. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack there. So, so basically what we're saying, everybody is, and, and doc, this is one of the glories of problem solving in what we do and what we've done in the last 20 years, we've took all this, we're going, has something's not right here. And that's a story for another day, how we came into doing what we're doing, but we knew something wasn't right. So we understood early on, there was a hierarchy. And we also understood that the food chain, especially all these drinks and everything that we were producing and drinking and consuming did not respect that hierarchy. So that was our quest then to go out and figure out, okay, what is that hierarchy? How do we communicate properly with that hierarchy? That's that upstream downstream. I love that stuff and I love our work there. But also then we had to figure out what was functional, what actually works. And that was the true piece de resistance. When we cracked that code, and ultimately what you're talking about here is coding uh, the food that we drink, um, we yeah. really understood how to send the right messages as soon as the food or the drink or the beverage touches your tongue. That's when it all you starts, it right. right? And you have between one and 11 seconds to change the message. Again, we keep going back to the damn solution. Yeah. You can't change the, you can change the software. That's what's going in your mouth, starting with the cephalic phase, okay? Uh, but you but you can't change the hardware. You cannot change 300,000 years of evolution to say, I want the gut-brain access to act like this. So if you just think about it simply, okay, whether it's sports drinks or foods or whatever, everything in, in human health is going to revolve around the gut-brain axis. Because think about this way. If you don't put anything in your mouth, you're dead. Right. Okay? So dead is kind of a losing game. <laughs> yeah. So dead dead means no fuel. No fuel. I have no fuel. Uh, ergo, I'm starving to death. I'm dead. So you get that in ketosis where it, it goes rogue on you, okay? So uh, and we won't even go into that, but not, not that's not for an athlete because there's no ATP created. But um, if you're trying to create chaos, just keep doing what we're doing. How's that working for you, as Dr. Phil would say? We're getting more fat. We're getting fatter. The brain is now shrinking. Uh, I work with evolution, uh, professors of evolution in University of California, uh, Jessica. Brilliant, brilliant evolution and, and anthropologist. And they'll say, look, Andrew, you need to understand, that brain ain't budging from 300,000 years. <laughs> so the brain doesn't know what an artificial sweetener is. It goes, what is that? And what do you want with me? And then it causes chaos. Right. And there's but you can fix it. Okay. Right. So you, you look at it this way, right? It's really metabolic nutrient sensing. And that occurs, guess where? In the hypothalamus. Not in the gut. The gut just gives feedback to the hypothalamus. So, you know, it's interesting because glucose on the tongue or any type of a nutrient uh, sensing comes to the hypothalamus. Then it goes you know, to the to the thalamus and the hypothalamus from the brain. The brain says, real fuel, no fuel, I hate you, get out. You're not getting over, crossing the blood-brain barrier. And then it goes down to the brainstem. Then the brainstem, then the brainstem tells the gut what's going on. Hey, we got something over here. But the, the gut, the downstream gut will say, you're not feeding me. It's like, remember when your kid was five years old and they wanted that cookie? It's like that. Right, exactly. Okay, so your gut is the, is the kid that wants the cookie. And honest to God, I would be in the kitchen, and I thought, if I don't give my child that cookie, I'm going to lose my mind. Just have, here, here's the cookie, because I can't take it any longer. I know it's dinner, but here, have the cookie. So if you look at how that whole mechanism works, the whole point of the human body staying alive, which is a good thing, yeah. is to create energy 
because everything runs on energy, but the biggest utilizer of energy that comes in the mouth is the brain. So the, the, the main fuel is ATP, okay, which you know way more about that than I do. But there's three ways that ATP is generated. And one is diet-induced, okay, recognition by the gut-brain axis of ATP. Um, and that happens when it hits the tongue. So since ATP is the currency of energy, it is totally sensed by the hypothalamus when it's on the tongue. And that triggers the appropriate neural, endocrine, and appetite responses and metabolic pathways, which are the glute pathways. So metabolic fuels create ATP, but they have to have a glycemic impact to be metabolic. So the gut, we're going back to the glycemic index of something or the glycemic impact and response has to be metabolic or there's no ATP created. Tell an athlete he's not getting any ATP fuel. See how that goes down. Yeah. So we can talk about caffeine, which does not generate ATP. Well, I definitely, I definitely, not. right. I definitely want to talk about that in a moment. But to sum up this, one, we're very, very happy that the World Health Organization, Mayo Clinic, Harvard, and National Institutes of yeah. Health, Canadian uh, Food Inspection Agency, uh, yeah. are, are all now joining us on the mountaintop with the warning of artificial and non-sugar sweeteners now here's the crux though here's the crux um those the and, and you just to sum up what you were saying is the body cannot differentiate between an actual real sugar or a non-nutritive sugar now he or a sweetener now here's right. the thing those, right. those non-nutritive sweeteners that's where the danger right. becomes because now well, the, you, the, 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 you know the, the neutrinos and the fake fuel and the real fuel and the rogue fuel. Yeah, but the body goes into this metabolic catastrophe when it's consuming something that it's sensing sweet. It's like red alert. Tons of energy coming in, but then there's nothing there. Nothing. And, and you it's crash. Trickery. It's pure trickery. Yeah. And, you know, uh, again, uh, that trickery is going to piss off the gut-brain axis. Right. Uh, you know what? Try... Humans don't survive without the whole mechanism of how the gut-brain axis is set up. You put something in your mouth, it is recognized on the tongue by the T11 or T12 receptors. That's a whole other topic, but that message goes to the brain between 1 and 11 seconds, depending on what you're putting on the tongue, okay? Uh, and, 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 and then the brain says, oh, goody, goody, real fuel, this is so great. But if it sees the artificial sweetener, it says, oh, this is sweet. I bet we've got something good, okay? But then when, the, when it gets to the brain, to the glute one pathway, and says, come on into the gut-brain axis, the brain goes, oh, you lying, cheating pig. This is not fuel. <laughs> so, okay, let's just take all of our dogs, okay? I'm a dog-crazy advocate, okay? Yeah. I would have 100 dogs if I could, as you know. I love dogs anyway. Uh, that's the only unconditional love we're ever going to get, but that's a whole other topic. All right, why don't we just take our dogs and call them in the kitchen for dinner and give them lettuce? Let's do that. <laughs> right. Lettuce. There's going to be a lot of unhappy dogs. You got that right, and dead dogs, okay? Yeah. So what, what we're doing right now with, the, with these fuels and fake fuels is we're starving the brain and starving the body, and it's causing... Uh, type 2 diabetes, insulinogenic response, uh, Alzheimer's. Because look, here's what Alzheimer's is. You get you get a fuel that comes to the brain, okay, the gut-brain axis. Now, the glute one pathway is the soldier 
that keeps all the crazy because cra- the, 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 the glue one pathway will say what's in the bloodstream now is there crazy stuff in there is there any fuel what's in it what is there something that we like that we could use utilizable utilizable what's in the bloodstream and then it'll pull it out and use it okay and if it goes in there it says there ain't nothing in there there's nothing in there you you lied to me again there's no fuel uh because you just ate something that it doesn't have portable fuel in it okay then the good brain access says oh no you don't you're not getting in here to the to the blood brain barrier because we're going to keep you out well guess what happens when you keep if, let's say if you drank nothing that, that other than artificial sweetener drink, okay? It gets to the glue one pathway. The glue one pathway says, you're a lying pig. There ain't no fuel in here. Get out. You're not crossing the blood-brain barrier. There's no fuel. Okay. Then what happens? You lose cognitive function because your brain has no fuel. When you lose cognitive function, you get Alzheimer's disease. And that accumulates over time. And now uh, Alzheimer's has been labeled type 3 diabetes which is a very very serious thing it is is. yep it's right in there okay doc i love it that's a great discussion on artificial sweeteners everybody and here's the great thing all the crushers out there who've been following the show for 18 years we've been on the air they know this so i'm quite happy to to say that you know the people who listen to the show have been aware of this simply because of the conversations we've had so that's a great discussion hey you mentioned caffeine so This last week, this last month, uh, in Canada, prime energy drink pulled from the shelves in Canada. Guess what happened? As of this recording, the day before this recording, Canada, the Canada Food Inspection Agency also pulled all monster drinks from the shelves. Every flavor in every store, everywhere. And you know what I'm saying? It's about damn time. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of happy about this too, Doc, because we've been, again, screaming this from the rooftops. The prime energy drinks had somewhere uh, from two to 300 milligrams per can and kids are drinking this and when it comes to the monster we'd really and a 15 year old died right and that and this is the this is the tragedy side of this story and it's happened more than once we did a show a couple years ago of a young basketball player who had energy drinks before his state final in basketball and he passed away on the court from cardiac arrest it's just too much and you you know here's the thing as you know I was on the sickle cell project uh, yes. for over five and a half years with Dr. Randall Maxey um, and the head geneticist from NIH. Okay, we did the sickle cell project for, for for five years, ended up being invited to the United Nations for me to lecture on sickle cell. Yes. And here's what we do know. A large amount of African Americans have undiagnosed sickle cell because there's different levels. You can have sickle cell and as a child you're in the hospital twice a week. But you could have latent sickle cell Well, it's just a mild case. Now, the problem is is in sickle cell, by the time you're 19 years old, you can have the cardiovascular profile of a 90-year-old man because that, you know, it's, it's lack of production of nitric oxide and a whole other thing, um, which, as you know, I received a patent on nitric oxide and growth hormone. Um, so I was asked to lecture on that topic and to figure out a solution, hopefully a solution that would mitigate it. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's genetic, you know, it's a genetic mess. Um, but what happened was, that if, if you have a latent sickle cell gene or, or you're African-American basketball player and you don't even know you have it, and you, you can't, and your heartbeat goes up from the caffeine because of the adrenaline, you're going to drop dead on the court. That's not a joke. 
So we can't be joking around with caffeine anymore. No, it's time to get serious. And again, in terms of the monster here in Canada, the monster drink is a kind of unclear. There, the, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency wasn't clear exactly on what the issues were, but they did say there were labeling issues and they did say there were caffeine issues because the Canadian Food Inspection Agency has hard limits to the amount of caffeine that can be offered in a beverage. And that's right, so look at this, right? How did Prime Energy Drink get into Canada? It's got 180 milligrams of caffeine. 300, How did it get into Canada? That's the question. So some of the Prime Energy had 200 milligrams yeah. of caffeine, okay? And how did it get into Canada when their legal limit is 180 milligrams? Now, even that's too generous. After studying caffeine for 30 years, I can tell you that's a no-go in my book. I will not be a part of creating and doing research on any drink that has more than 150 milligrams of caffeine. Ain't gonna happen. Right. I'm not doing it. So we turn companies down all the time. Oh, can you, uh, you know, can you certify our drink? No. You got too much caffeine in it. Get the caffeine out. That's too much caffeine. Yeah. That, but what, you know, as you know, I got a patent on um, being able to mitigate caffeine and buffer its effects. If you take it down the right blue pathway and give it some fuel, again, we're talking about caffeine doesn't generate any fuel. It just jacks up your brain. There's no ATP. I don't care how much you put in there. It just jacks up your brain. Okay, great. I love coffee. I've patents on coffee. I've made millions of dollars on formulating different coffees. Okay, that's fine. Um, but you have to really control how the caffeine acts if you're even going to use 100 milligrams of caffeine. Now, because Starbucks doesn't have to say how much caffeine is in there, and I'll tell you why. Because every different brand of coffee, the coffee beans, and we have our own coffee plant, okay, and we, and we do analytical on caffeine constantly to say, if somebody submits a product to Glycemic Research Institute, almost send it out for analysis of the caffeine. And it's always longer than what they say. I'll go, no, because coffee beans change the amount of caffeine based on the water, the rain, the fuel, the, the, the so many functions change the caffeine. And so the FDA said, how can we control Starbucks coffee when it depends on what year the, the beans were grown, where they were grown, how much fertilizer on it. But what they do say if you're going to add caffeine to something, okay, you have to state it, but you don't have to tell how much. It is not required by the Food and Drug Administration to tell you how much caffeine is in your product. Oh, my God. Dangerous, dangerous game to play. And to be clear, okay, to be clear, um, as you mentioned, caffeine does not supply energy. We're kind of we're kind of misdirected in all the marketing. Energy drinks are driven by caffeine. There's also tons and tons of sugar. It is a metabolic disaster, these energy drinks, especially in sports. So there's a lot to talk about there. But let's this sort of yeah, set yeah, this and, up. And that's the, here's the thing about caffeine. As you know, I've been studying it for 30 years. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, we, we look a lot at caffeine and it's thermodynamics and metabolic homeostasis and we do all that research okay but what we're talking about since we've been researching it for 30 years and since i got a patent on it of how to uh create caffeine that has an appropriate metabolic homeostasis and thermodynamics is that caffeine is really if you know it's a drug it's listed as a drug by the food and drug administration but it's a psychoactive compound okay that's what it is it is not an energy tool uh it perks you up but it doesn't create any ATP energy. Uh, what it does do, okay, it increases dopamine. 
Um, and it's a stimulant, but not an energy producer. So when you have dopamine in the brain, like people, why do they drink coffee? Why is it addictive? Because anything that stimulates dopamine in the brain is addictive. Because dopamine, oh, it makes me happy. So when you drink coffee, actually, you know, when you drink coffee, you go, well, I feel better. Of Yes, you do feel better. You feel better because you got jacked up a little bit, okay? Depending on how much caffeine is in it, average cup of coffee is about 100 milligrams of caffeine, but that's natural caffeine, okay? Yep. Um, so, that okay, that's great. Coffee's great. I love coffee. I have lots of patents on it, but the point is you're not getting no energy out of it. Okay, right. where, where's the energy? But it increases dopamine. So, you know, like I've told you many times before, if you want to prevent and I've always said, oh, God, poor Crusher, poor Crusher. We need to medicate him at some point. He's got a <laughs> wife and three daughters. That's four women in the house. And I say, oh, my God, what do you do? He goes, I go out in the yard and build a fire on my dog, and I sit there until we feel like going back in. Okay, great. Um, I, I think you know, you're quite a man to be able to, to deal with four women at one hey, time. To, to be fair, to be fair, I'm well taken care of. That I can say for I sure. I know yeah. you are, but yeah. oh my God, come on. I am a woman. Don't even argue that point, okay? I got breasties like every other woman. But the hormones make us a little bit crazy sometimes. So as I've told you, you know, there are times in women when our hormones go crazy, and God forbid you keep chocolate away from us, okay? God forbid. We're going to hurt you. We are going to hurt you, okay? Um, so it's, we, there's no control. So when you stimulate dopamine and serotonin with coffee well, and chocolate, okay, then you're happy. So think about what we eat. We eat because it makes us happy. Sure. Yeah. It makes us happy. We want some chocolate cake. We want a cheeseburger. We want whatever. It's happy food, okay? Well, there can be happy food and happy sports drinks, but they have to have a metabolic outcome. The only way you can do that is to neurally code them to meet the the, uh, the, the confines of the gut-brain axis. So everybody's doing gut-brain axis, and they're not coming up with anything. Okay. But we're saying, okay, wait, wait, wait. We, we, you know, we can fix this by using the right sweet biomolecules. Because think about this. People are not going to stop eating or drinking sweet things. You can forget about that. It's going to take the brain another half a million years to figure out we even have artificial sweeteners. It doesn't even know what the hell it is. Right. So we want something sweet because it's an hierarchy food for the brain and the gut-brain axis. The brain is so happy if you put something sweet on the tongue. All right, so artificial sweeteners are out. That's out, okay? That's out. And now, uh, glycosides and monk fruit don't provide any fuel, even though they're sweet. So, okay, okay, we got that. Then we got uh, regular sugars, glucose and sucrose and high fructose corn syrup, and those out are out because they st they stimulate insulin. They're high glycemic. What is left? What, what are we going to sweeten things with? Well, that's the research we've been doing for 30 years is to create all-natural, non-artificial biomolecules from plants that are sweet and that carry a metabolic message to the gut-brain axis. So if there's no fuel in your biomolecule, what the hell is an athlete getting out of a drink? If you're not getting any ATP, why are you drinking it? Just drink water. Yeah. Okay. So before we really ha hack into and unpack the gut brain access and the brain and body connection, uh, just wrapping up the idea of caffeine. Caffeine is the most studied compound in the history of mankind. And it's one of the most yeah. consumed. 
and it is not yeah. an energy source. What it does do is it stimulates the central nervous system. It wakes you up. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of, there's a cascade of effects there in terms of adenosine and blocking adenosine receptors. Yeah. It yeah. disrupts sleep. I love that word. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and that's a conversation for another day. But you are right. That segues right into this conversation of what do we do then? Well, okay, coffee, there's naturally occurring caffeine, which is what we like to hang our hats on. But this idea now of the brain and body connection. Let's wrap this conversation up with this doc because there's so much information here. But when we talk about the gut, uh, the brain body connection, we're talking about this gut brain access in layman terms for everybody's out there, for the moms, the dads, the athletes, the coaches. How would you go about explaining the importance of this incredible connection between the brain and the gut? Okay. Well, as you know, we've been uh, absolutely, completely obsessed with the gut-brain axis um, because, really, if, if, if we if we just try to take the human body, right? Let's take it down to its most simplest molecule. It it the the whole system runs. The whole entire system of the human body runs on the gut-brain axis. Okay, and that means what's coming into your mouth. Okay, whether you swallowed or not, we prove that with. Diet sodas and non-diet sodas, doesn't matter if you swallow it or not. Remember that once it hits the tongue, you've got 1 to 11 seconds to change that message. And that's what's so great about sports-specific, okay? As that we've got between 1 and 11 seconds for a sports drink to hit the mouth, and if we've neurally coded those biomolecules, we're going to get ATP. Oh, yeah, baby. That's when we start generating energy is on the tongue. So a, a sports drink, which it has gut-brain axis biomolecules in it and it's neurally coated, once, that, uh, once that, that you put that sports drink in your mouth, just hit the tongue, just let it just touch the tongue, okay? And that message starts through the whole gut-brain axis, okay, to say, oh, my God, this is so good. We got real fuel coming in. We need ATP. Uh, we're all so happy. Everybody's happy. If something comes in the mouth and it's of no benefit to the body, in fact, if it's antagonistic to the gut-brain axis, there's going to be hell to pay all the way from the microbiome to the entire downstream and upstream to the brainstem to the hypothalamus. The whole thing is going to go to hell in a handbox because you've lost metabolic control. So if you can control gut-brain crosstalk in a metabolic way, okay, if you can metabolically control what you're putting in your mouth, and again, we will say you can't change the software, but you can change the you can change the hardware, but not the software. Okay, so that's called switch the brain, switch the game. Yeah, love so it. So what is switch? Now we're certifying uh, sports drinks and switch the brain, switch the game. Does is it appropriate in gut brain crosstalk and metabolic control? Uh, is it is what's happening? So if we understand that, think about it. For, for 300,000 years, what you're putting in your mouth is going to program who you are, how your body works, how much energy you have, and if you deprive it of that energy, you're going to get chaos. Because what's going to happen is your body's going to store all that fat, store all, whatever you eat, into the adipose tissue fat cell through lipoprotein, lipase, and neuropeptide Y and all that. So when you think you're dieting, Okay, if you go below 1,400 calories a day of non-metabolic fuel, you're going to stimulate the body to make more fat cells to say, you're starving me, okay? That's when we're going to talk about obesity, diabetes, and Alzheimer's. So unless you make the gut-brain axis happy, 
by putting real fuel into that mouth, you got a serious problem. So remember, the brain is first. So the brain craves something sweet, which is, you know, something high glycemic with a hierarchy and a high bricks. And the brain goes, oh, my God, give me that chocolate cake because that has a hierarchy, which means I know that it's fuel. I know there's a lot of fuel in there. But what you can do is to put on the tongue a message that, oh, this is sweet and it's a hierarchy, but it's low glycemic and it's not going in your fat cells. You can create biomolecules that are completely natural. And so now what we do is we'll take a glycoside and then we'll combine it with a metabolic fuel. And that metabolic fuel has the hierarchy in the brain and the body, so everybody's happy. The brain eats, the body eats, the gut-brain axis is happy. And that's so important in athletes. It has to be a fuel that determines how much ATP you're getting. If If you're trying to get ATP, you have to put something in your mouth that's utilizable fuel energy because that hydrolysis of one ATP molecule will release 7.3 kilocalories of pure energy. Think you're an athlete and you're not getting any fuel. How can you perform? First of all, the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to lose cognitive function. You will lose cognitive function, okay? So the brain doesn't know that we have food. It just says, uh, I need something and I need something to eat and it should be sweet. Great. We need to give it something sweet or it's not happy. But you can do sweet by using glycosides and then combining it with a biomolecule fuel and then the whole gut-brain axis is happy. Yeah. Well, the messaging is important. I like the uh, I like the idea of using sport drinks as an example, because I think everybody can relate to that. And that's kind of how you and I met in the first place. I had a conundrum way back in the early 2000s. I was the head strength coach for the Blue Jays at that time. And we'd gone over and to spend some time with the Raptors in the NBA. We spent over there. We went over for a morning shoot. And uh, about a week before that, I was working with one of our pro golfers and uh, coming back from the Raptors shoot that day i was just thinking to myself because the guys were asking me what we were doing for nutrition i was asking them what they were doing for nutrition it just kind of dawned on me on the walk back that huh isn't it crazy that an nba team is doing almost exactly what we're doing with a major league baseball team and it just it just dawned on me this doesn't make sense at all Two entirely different energy demands two entirely different animals an NBA athlete as opposed to a catcher pitcher position player in baseball just totally different animals and that's where I went on a quest and that's how our paths crossed because I figured that there has to be a way to fuel the specific needs of a sport here's what i quickly found out it didn't exist and then here's what you and i found out it takes 18 years to figure it out but we finally did it and i am so jacked about what we're about to yeah, do but that's just a nugget in, in 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 time it's a nugget in time yeah okay. true true so you know what you know what we always say in science if you argue against reality, you'll always lose. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, Doc. You're absolutely right. So I like this whole idea of coding. We're there now. We are there now. And I'm excited. I do honestly believe that with all the science we've created, we're going to change the entire landscape of the industry. And it's everything we talked about today. There is much, much 
much more that goes into this. But Doc, listen to me. From the World Health Organization and all the major research institutes now uh, sending the warning sign out to the public about artificial sweeteners. Thumbs up. Uh, the Canada pulling high caffeine uh, drinks off of the shelves to protect consumers. Thumbs up. And now what we know about um, caffeine and energy and coating food, the upstream, downstream, we're on top of that. But I believe that's the next big thing that's going to change human health. Do you think that's fair to say? Oh, I think it's completely accurate. And look, the only way that we're going to fix this, okay, the only way it's going to happen, when you tell, try to tell the brain, I don't want any cheeseburgers, I don't want any french fries, I don't care about a sweet drink, I don't care about candy, you're crazy, yeah. okay? That is not going to happen. The brain's just going to get really pissed and start craving and craving. Like, have you ever gone in the middle of the night to the, into the kitchen and you open the refrigerator and you just stare at it? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, yeah. You may not even take it. You're just looking in there. You know why? Your brain is going, well, is there some food around there somewhere? Been there. Uh, okay. So, you know, even NIH has said the glycemic index is directly connected to the gut-brain axis, the cephalic response, and the brain, because taste is linked to obesity. Yeah. Uh, of course taste is linked to obesity, because you put something in your mouth that tastes good, then everybody's happy in the gut-brain axis. It starts out with the cephalic response, and that's when you're just even smelling it or looking at it, okay? And then it hits the tongue. That takes 1 to 11 seconds, and it, you can either make the whole gut-brain axis homeostatic or going rogue on you. We are controlled, totally controlled about what we eat. Does it taste good? Okay. Or else we'd be eating the bark off of trees. <laughs> we just go, oh, that tastes good. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's yummy. Give me some of that. Right. But it, we are controlled. We are controlled by evolution. And that, as I said, starts with Good brain access, the phallic response in the brain, and the taste. That is all related to the glycemic response, which is now why now people are driving us crazy at glycemic going, oh, my God, NIH said the glycemic index is directly connected to the gut brain access, and I go, duh, duh. Okay, right. I said that 20 years ago. But here's the, here's, here's the challenge now. We have to start making foods and beverages that are going to make the entire gut-brain axis healthy and happy and not store in the fat cells, but yet it tastes delicious. How the hell do you do that? Right. Well, we can't do it with artificial sweeteners. We can't do it with, with high glycemic sugars because it has no fuel. Well, what are we going to do? We have to create a neurally coded sweet flavor system that has the right kind of glycemic carbohydrates in it and, and, and low glycemic, okay? And, but it has to meet the needs of the gut-brain axis where it creates ATP fuel, all right? So how are you going to do that? How are you going to create that ATP fuel? It has to be because you put a metabolic fuel in there. None of those things, those road fuels, are metabolic fuel. The thing that's going to piss off the gut-brain axis the most and cause lack of cognitive function. So we're talking about gamers, okay? We're doing research on gamers' drinks. And yeah, what we found out, which is insane, is that a gamer uses more fuel than a long-distance runner because who gets that first? The brain. So the brain, they're sitting here, they're not moving. Oh, my God, they're not burning muscle glycogen. They haven't even moved. They're down in their mother's basement waiting for the meatloaf. They haven't even moved for five hours. 
They're, you know, they don't need any fuel, but the brain is using fuel. They're going to lose cognitive function if they're sitting there drinking an artificial sweetener drink or one that doesn't have anything that creates ATP. So they need more ATP at that point for their brain than somebody who's running across the country. Yeah, it's interesting. At the end of the day, it's all about fixing the food because you're right we're not going to change eating habits that's not happening so let's fix the food exciting exciting times Dr. Anduise Allen listen um, I know there's so much more we're going to get back into our regular uh, ebb and flow of the crush war on sugar and the science of sweetness here because um, we're just now starting to crack the codes and there's so much new cool stuff going on Doc um, any final words for our listeners here as we uh, reunite after two years, COVID and everything, we're back on the air and have you back on again. Uh, in closing remarks, anything you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, you know, and it, it's, you know, I swear to God, if you look at COVID, it really took a huge hit on the entire globe, on this entire planet. There wasn't anybody that wasn't affected by COVID, people losing jobs, people dying, getting sick. Uh, oh boy, we don't even want to talk about that, but um, how that happened, but uh, that's for another time. But, you know, there is some people go, okay, well, Dr. Allen, tell us about the bad news. I go, there isn't any bad news. There's no bad news, okay? The good news is we know how to intervene with binary taste interactions utilizing a plant based uh, uh, fuels that go in the body. Um, and, and programming with a neural code. Now, look, that neural code is completely, all the research that we've done on it's safe for children, babies, uh, diabetic children. It's diabetic-friendly. It's family-friendly. It's kid-friendly. It's sports-friendly because it's made from plants, 100% organic plants. You can take these plants and extract what you want out of them, including fuel and create a binary taste interaction for the gut-brain axis where everything tastes delicious, but it's not going to cause damage. Go in the adipose tissue fat cells, um, which is a bad idea, but what we're talking about is creating hybrid sweeteners. The future is creating gut-brain axis hybrid sweeteners. That's the game, and we can do it naturally, organically, safely. Uh, we've done masses of clinical research, board approved by the Food and Drug Administration and the Human Bar by Human Health and Services. We got the data. We understand how to do it. Now we just have to work with, we're frantically working with food manufacturers all over the globe. We have a great group in Rome who came to us and went, oh my God, we got to do this. So we are, if you create hybrid fuels that are all natural and organic and safe and low glycemic and cross the blood brain barrier, and you attach them to an ATP fuel source, that's it. There's the good news. We can fix this. I love and it. I know, Crusher, that you're on top of that because we've been working with you for 25 years to make that happen in sports drinks. Yeah, I'm so excited. You know, for human health and human performance, it's the dawn of a new age, Doc, and it's happening right here. Dr. Andrew Salen, listen, thank you so much for all this information today. We are going to get bombarded with questions, but that's what it's all about. We love this. I can't wait until we talk next time, Doc, and uh, we're going to let our listeners steer that conversation based on all the questions we get from this one. Um, Doc. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to hear from your listeners I, I hope they have questions um, um and i'm sure that they do go on oh what about this what about this? we love to answer questions yeah. we have no problem you should see listen listeners you should see jeff Rochelle and i on stage 
Honestly, they should pay us $500 million just for making people laugh. People go, oh, my God, I can't believe they just said that. It's well, a, we did. It's a, sci- <laughs> it's a science comedy show at the same time. Right? It you totally know? is. Yeah, we yeah. have the most fun. Yeah. Listen, you can be smart and fun at the same time. There's some news for you. Yeah, awesome, Doc. Hey, really appreciate you, Doc, and everything you've done. It is a very exciting time. Thanks so much for this today. All right, pal. Love talking to you. All right, there you have it. So much information there, but this I love. Simply fix the food. This is the approach that's been driving our philosophy for the last 18 to 20 years as we work to figure out exactly how the body and brain operate from a biochemical standpoint and how it influences human performance, both physically and cognitively on the mental side. It's taken us more than 18 years of hardcore research, trials, successes, and setbacks, but we finally cracked the code. Check out Dr. Allen's great work at the Glycemic Research Institute. Go to glycemic.com. In our KP Sport website, where you'll see our first sport-specific performance drink that addresses coded energy to match sport demands. We started with baseball because of a promise I made to some of my players almost 20 years ago. Go to kpsportwyg.com. We're currently sold out, but there'll be more coming soon. And here's my promise. We're coming for you and to support your performance, no matter what sport you play. We simply ask, what's your game? It's been an incredible adventure in science and sport. So challenging, but so rewarding. And yes, I've been on the stage with Dr. Allen many times. In fact, at one event in Utah, we were lecturing on a very similar topic to today's discussion, sport nutrition and the sports supplement market. During the question period, a lady stood up with this question. So my son plays Pop Warner football, she said, and the coaches bring flats of an energy drink to each game. Based on what you said today, that's not only not good, it's a terrible thing, especially for the children. That was her question. Both Dr. Allen and I were stunned and it took us a minute and maybe two to process what we just heard. Pop Warner football is for kids 5 to 16 years of age. Her kids were 8 or 9 if I remember correctly. We eventually gathered ourselves and said, yes, that's exactly what we're saying. So I think the big takeaway from today's episode is protect yourself. Arm yourself with information and knowledge. That's what I would wish for you. There's more and more good information out there, but it's going head to head with the misleading, crafty and corrupted spread of high tech ignorance. that is the world of advertising and marketing. Get informed and stay informed because what you eat and drink can be an absolute game changer for worse and certainly for the better when you think like an athlete. I'm Jeff Kershaw. The Crush Performance Podcast is recorded right here in the Crush Studios. Our distribution partner is Radio Influence Digital Media, website and educational material produced by Debbie Kershell, Miss Crusher, theme music, graphics, and video design by Noah Alexen at Nolexen Visual and Sound. And this is season 18 of Crush Performance. Get the Crush archives and subscribe to the show. Go to jeffkershell.com and follow me on social media. Search out Crush Performance. Have a great week, everyone. And we'll talk to you next time right here on Crush Performance. Crush Performance.